Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 20th day of January in the year of our Lord, 2023. I will be talking about a special kind of man on this report, that is Davos Man. He is meeting this week in a small village high in the Swiss Alps called Davos. His meeting held annually called the World Economic Forum ends today, so he will have hundreds of gleaming limousines to take him to the airport where he will board more than 1,000 private jets, which will fly him to his destination. During the weekend, Davos, he was guarded by more than 5,000 Swiss soldiers, lest he become endangered or made to feel somehow insecure. Hundreds of world leaders, politicians, titans of business, gathered during the past week to discuss the fate of the rest of us lesser people. Davos' man is not like us, for he is a kingpin, a chief of planet Earth, He's great, he's good. He's a one-world deep stater, a world improver. He alone can save planet Earth from the ravages of lesser beings like us. For example, the top U.S. representative was John Kerry, who holds the title of climate czar, savior of the planet, or words to that effect. The attitude of Mr. Kerry reflects the attitude of many as they're made to understand their own awesomeness. Quote from Mr. Kerry, If you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, a select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. If you said that to most people, most people think you're just a crazy, tree-hugging, lefty liberal, you know, do good or whatever. And there's no relationship, but really, that's where we are, end quote. Well, no, John, actually, I see you as more of a hypocritical megalomaniac who flies hundreds of thousands of miles per year in private jets to lecture us little ignorant people about how we're destroying the planet. You come to Davos to sit at the feet of a Teutonic Bond villain descended from Nazis who has the audacity to tell us We will own nothing and we will like it. We will not eat meat, but instead we will learn to like our bugs. We will never desire to stray from the tiny plot on which we are confined. The number one Davos man, the leader, the founder, the head of the World Economic Forum is a German named Klaus Schwab. His Teutonic accent, very heavy, so much so he cannot say the R sound. He says, we little people are in for a very difficult year and we will therefore have to, quote, write off the huge cost of transformation. He means that the huge cost he dreams up for us will have to be borne by our labor, not his. So each one of us has his own destination. How does Herr Schwab know where each of us should go? He knows because Davos man knows best. His theme at this year's conference was expressed by Kristalina Georgieva, who heads up the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, she gave voice to her Schwab's transformation theme. Quote, 2023 will be a very difficult year for the world. The silver lining is we can use it to transform governments and accelerate change. That's good for our climate, good for growth. At the IMF, we recognize our responsibility to be a force for good, we're not going to sit back and see what direction the world takes, she says. We're going to give it a shove, end quote. Ms. Georgieva says that the major challenge facing the planet is fragmentation. By that, she means the global order which Davos men and women like her 
created. He is fragmenting or cracking up. Miss Georgieva came to Davos to deliver her report, not to accurately deliver the truth to the assembled Davos men. Her report was prepared by all her minions at the IMF. It clearly shows that if they all work together and manage the world economy carefully, the cost of this fragmentation will only be 0.2% of global output. She's quite certain it will not be 0.3 or 0.1, but 0.2. Exactly. Davos men and women are amazing. That's for sure. Imagine trying to determine, first of all, that unknown events will happen in a certain unknown future, which will impact a largely unknown $90 trillion world economy. She knows to a tenth of a percent. Yes, they're amazing. They're ridiculous in their estimate of the intelligence among us little people to think they could sell such claptrap to the world they purport to manage. Yes, indeed. What a bunch of pompous, self-righteous popinjays, that crowd of Davos men and women. The whole crowd, all the thousands of economists and their employees, they think they can not only foretell the future, they can actually improve it before it happens. They cannot be satisfied or content to run their own businesses, their own governments. They think they have some sacred right to transform the entirety of human life on planet Earth. If anything gets in their way, we're required to, quote, write it off. Yes, there's a certain degree of sorcery on tap at Davos this year, Mr. Schwab explains, that we all have the means to improve the state of the world. Quote, economic, environmental, social, and geopolitical crises are converging and conflating, creating an extremely versatile and uncertain future. The annual meeting at Davos shall try to make sure that leaders do not remain trapped in this crisis mindset. End quote. Davos, man, then, is an unrivaled engineer of the human species. Perhaps he falls into fatal error in his conceit. The world has gotten along for thousands of years without Davos, man, and for the last few years, in spite of him, Davos man, his experiments seem to have instilled in him a massive overestimation. That has led him to overestimate his ability to engineer the social world as he has the physical world. Man has conquered most of physical earth in spite of Davos man and even engineered his propulsion to the moon and beyond. But his world now lies at the disposal of Davos man. He thinks that physical engineering and social engineering are the same, but they're not. They're of two, not one. However, Davos man is nothing if not an opportunist. Now he sees his chance. He seizes it. His chance lies in combining what he calls public-private engineering to alter our world in before unknown social ways. Her swab from the 2008 conference, quote, a new framework for global public-private cooperation has been taking shape. Public-private cooperation is about harnessing the private sector, sector and open markets to drive economic growth for the public good with environmental sustainability and social inclusiveness always in mind. End quote. That sounds a lot like the old claptrap of crony capitalism whereby Davos man profits Wildly, the rest of us just accept it. But it is something else as well. That's something is far more frightening. How exactly will Davos man fix all the world's mistakes and problems? Climate change, global pandemics, economic inequality, thousands of other intractable problems. The answer is by bringing the nation state to an end and ushering in global governance. With Davos man at the top, of course, sovereign nations with their 
pesky constitutions and parliaments may have once performed a useful service, but they are obsolete in today's globalized world. Only global solutions are up to the massive challenges global institutions must therefore rise above the nation, of course, here in America. That would mean Davos man rises above even our local and state communities and state governments as well, all those so-called rights like those in the Bill of Rights, have to first be discredited, then discarded, as we in the United States are currently in the process of doing. Davos man seeks to bludgeon national governments into embracing global perspectives. These new Davos man global perspectives will usually come at the expense of national interests at times, very important national interests, the greatest vehicle of change to the global governance Davos man desires is something he calls climate change. Climate change is truly a global menace, Davos man is constantly telling us, therefore only a truly global government acting on a global scale can deal with it. The weapons that Davos man seeks to fight this climate change menace are either already here or on order, centralized economic planning, global taxation, wealth redistribution, Many other schemes all must be done on a global scale. Davos man seeks to place his claim, his tax, on the very building block of life itself, carbon. Davos man has made many wrong predictions over the years designed, I suppose, to scare us into his global government faster than his efforts are taking us there. You might remember climate czar Albert Gore's prediction in 2009 that the polar ice cap would vanish by 2014. The ice cap is still there shows little evidence of vanishing. What about in 2009 when Prince Charles, now King Charles, told us we had only eight years to save the earth. The earth still spins along, hardly paying any attention at all to the new king. Davos man likes to lecture us mortals about how our selfish stupidity is hurting his ability to save the planet. He's worried about our travel habits, and he advises us not to fly so much. He concocts various Computer glitches allows and encourages the combination of the airlines to eliminate competition all to make it more difficult. He enacts screening processes that cause long lines and delays that tend to make people want to cancel their vacation. Stay home. That's devil's man's advice to us. Just stay home. Work from home. But if you must drive, then get an electric car. Davos man cries about the emissions from all those commercial jets, but he flies in private jets by the thousands. One of his jets, I'm told, emits about two tons of carbon for each hour of flight, while the average human emits eight tons per year. That's the total carbon footprint of the average human, including everywhere they travel and everything they consume. So one Davos man on one flight will burn more CO2 than the average person will in a year. Davos man, however, will not be deterred because he is out to save the climate and planet Earth. I do not trust Davos man with the climate or with my future. No, I don't trust him at all, not one little bit, for I think I know what he is. I've seen his kind before. I've read about his kind's existence during the entire 6,000 years that mankind has recorded his time on this Earth. Mr. Davos man, Klaus Schwab's father, Worked for the Nazis back in the day, so he was another master race hustler, another world improver out to save humanity. So who wants to put his planet, his job, his children, and their future in this devil's man's hands? Devil's man, by his very name, the World Economic Forum, the World Economic Forum, 
claims to speak for the whole world, but I thought this was the job of the United Nations. But I remember now Davos man must destroy nation states and their individual rights in order to save the planet. Finally, folks, I don't trust Davos man. I don't want him in charge of my world, my planet, my climate, or even my job, so I close with the words of the incomparable H.L. Mencken, quote, the urge to save humanity is almost always only a false face for the urge to rule it. Power is what all messiahs really seek, not the chance to serve, end quote. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.